Hi, I'm Carly Kloss. I'm Sam Weiner. And I'm Jenny Wang. And this is Tech Setters, a podcast for changemakers by changemakers. In each episode, iconic Code with Classy alumni, Itasha Donthi and Maria Hearn, sit down with an inspiring innovator, leader, creator, or trailblazer in STEAM to talk about their unique journeys in tech, entrepreneurship, and beyond. TechSetters is about discovering and elevating the human stories behind the future of tech, allowing guests to share their individual stories of success, struggle, and impact. Season three is powered by If Then, an organization founded on a simple belief. If we empower a woman in STEM, then she can change the world. This season was filmed in front of a live audience of Code with Classy scholars. Enjoy! Hi, listeners. I'm Itasha Donthi, an 18-year-old activist, entrepreneur, changemaker, and three-time Code with Classy alum. And I'm Maria Hearn, a sophomore at Johns Hopkins University, where I'm studying computer science. I've been with Code with Classy since 2018. We're so excited to be your new hosts for Season 3, where we're bringing you our favorite moments from the Setters Live Summer Series. This episode features our conversation with Vrinda Gupta, CEO and co-founder of Sequin, the first company that builds credit for women. She's a proud first-generation immigrant born in India, with a BA from UCLA and an MBA from Berkeley's Haas School of Business. After graduating college, Vrinda worked at Visa for years, helping the company launch popular credit cards. But when she applied for a card she helped create, Vrinda was rejected. This moment changed everything as she realized how the financial world was not created with women in mind. In this episode, Vrinda shares how she built Sequin, and most importantly, why. We're so excited to have you join us, Vrinda. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so we have a lot of young scholars joining us today. Could you break down what credit is in simple terms? To make it very simple, essentially the concept of credit is just, do you want to loan something to someone? And so let's say, you know, I said, hey, Maria, you know, will you loan me your favorite shirt? And she might ask me some questions, right? You know, have you loaned someone else's shirt before? When did you give it back? You know, was it in good condition when you gave it back? So essentially that concept of credit also expands beyond, you know, borrowing, but also thinking about, you know, does someone want to give you an apartment? Um, You know, if you want to get a credit card or if you want a loan for a home or for a car after you graduate, I always say credit is the most important grade that matters. Yeah, you mentioned like credit is tied to a lot more than we think it is. What does credit mean to you personally? Credit is directly related to access to opportunity. And having not so great credit can mean, you know, those options are not as available to you. And if they are, they end up being, you know, a lot more expensive or a lot harder to get. Yeah, let's jump back to the beginning of your entrepreneurship journey. You grew up in California and attended UCLA where you majored in communications. But after graduating, you started working at Visa. What sparked your interest in the financial world? I did grow up in California, but I was actually born in India. And so my family and I are first-generation immigrants. And growing up, my mom, the one thing she was really afraid of was the financial system. 
she was really afraid that the financial system had gotchas or she could get into a lot of trouble. And so because of that, she never really wanted to be involved in our family's finances. And when I was thinking about, okay, what job do I want? My mom always said, it's really important for you to feel financially confident because it's something that I never felt. So when I had an opportunity to be a PM at Visa, I said, yes, I can learn so much. I can finally empower myself. I can empower my mom. I can empower all these amazing women around me. One amazing project that is completely revolutionary is Sequin. So what was the process of building Sequin for you? Going back to the Visa conversation, my job as a PM was designing credit cards. And at that point, I didn't have my own credit card. I had been primarily using a debit card. And I went to apply for my very first credit card. And one thing I didn't realize was that you need credit to get credit. What does that mean for populations that are more marginalized? Like, where do, where do you get this thing? So I applied for the credit card that I helped to build and I got rejected. Wow. Wow. And it was one of these moments where it all came coming back to me of my mom saying, oh, you know, I feel really helpless in the system. I don't want you to feel that way. You need to go. You need to learn. I thought I was doing all the right things. And then I myself could not get access to the product that I put blood, sweat, and tears into for years to help build. And I think it was this moment where I said, something is really wrong here. I went back to all of that visa data that we had, and I saw that 70% of women were not building credit effectively. And I realized that this was something that was you know, not just for getting credit cards, but just getting credit for your basic needs, like getting an apartment. And that was kind of this moment that I couldn't stop thinking about and nothing was the same after that. So what was the initial feedback that you got from investors when you first pitched Sequin? So I would hear two very extreme reactions. And it's always interesting when you hear extreme reactions because it means that what you're doing is important. So, you know, I would either hear, yes, this happened to me. I spoke with an investor who actually is, is an amazing woman of color who I really respect. And she, she sold a company for a billion dollars and wow. she got rejected from a credit card because she didn't have credit history. And she said, you know, this has happened to me yes, I want to invest. This is really, really important. The other side of it was, you know, unfortunately, the investment space is also very male dominated. You know, it was actually this really amazing moment for me to take time to educate and to say, hey, I know you may have not experienced this, but 70% of women have. And talking about the statistics, also sharing some really human stories is something that I think helped people understand, okay, this is the problem. And, and yeah, actually, now that you say it, maybe I have heard something like that. Transitioning to diversity, how do you approach diversity when building your own team? One of the very important intentions that I set for myself as I went out to found this company was I wanted to make sure that everyone's voices were heard. The reason that we are in this place where there is so much financial inequity is because the financial system was never built with women in mind. 
it's not just women, right? It's minorities. It's pretty much anyone who isn't that prototypical person that you're probably envisioning. And, (laughs) And what I learned was up until 1974, women could be rejected from a credit card without a male cosigner. And so as I went out to build out my engineering team, it was very important to have people identifying as women to come and work at, you know, our startup. And in tech, right, there's a huge gap between, you know, men and women and and minorities as well. And I got a lot of pressure from investors, everyone else who was saying, you need a hire, you need a hire, it doesn't matter, you can fix the diversity thing later. And I said, that's not why I'm building this company. And I think just having a really strong why kept me going. And the results are amazing. 80% of our team is women. And all of our engineers are women who are like so smart. And by the way, they beat out all the guys in their coding exercise. (laughs) I hope you all come through our doors and, and do that as well. But yeah, I think it just starts by being super, super intentional and good things happen. At first, we think that Sequin was supposed to be a credit card instead of a debit card that bills credit. So can you tell us about what happened here, how you adapted? So I started the company in 2019, which was pre-pandemic, and it was supposed to be a credit card with rewards that were much more women-focused. And mm-hmm. that's still a huge problem. Most of the rewards on credit cards are uh, much more geared towards where men are spending versus where women are spending. And as the pandemic hit, one thing that I kept on hearing over and over was, okay, I think the rewards are really cool, but I actually don't understand how credit works. And I don't understand how my financial life works. And and I found more and more women were reaching out to me and saying, can I just talk to you for 15 minutes to just like answer some questions? And I said, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's really important to have a product that is accessible to many people, wherever you want to start. We offer a ton of great women-focused financial education for free on our site today. And it's called Sequin University, right? Love that name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. And it's everything that I wish I had learned in school. Everything that I learned as I was working at Visa, as I've been on this journey with Sequin, I put it all into a university course. I just wanted there to be, you know, a product that felt very approachable to be able to have that education at the core of it, to be able to have these rewards at the core of it. And then whenever you felt comfortable and ready, then you could kind of start getting into that credit building piece as well. Because I know going from, you know, maybe not being very familiar with financial services at all, which is where I started, to just jumping straight into a credit product can feel like a lot. We don't require you to have a credit score in order to get onto our product. And we really want to help you build that up. So we talked about diversity and the lack of diversity in the financial space. Going into your CEO position at Sequin, when did you feel like you first belonged within the entrepreneurship space? You know, I don't know if that is a feeling I still feel. You know, I look around and most of the entrepreneurs in my space look one way and then I look a very different way. And I think at first that was really scary to me. And then one thing that I realized as time went on was the fact that I'm underrepresented in so many ways was actually my superpower. And that that. 
is what allowed me to first realize that this was a problem, right? This happened to me. I was unable to get access to a financial product. And that is a huge, huge problem. But also as it goes into building our product and having empathy for our users, right? When I'm talking to people and saying, hey, do you like this? Do you not? I'm really able to understand where they're coming from. And I think that is something that has made our product so much better. Yeah. And, you know, being a minority in this space, how have you dealt with the imposter syndrome that you faced? Again, you know, I don't think I'm over it, right? You know, going back to my mom and what she says, Mm -hmm. she always said, being brave doesn't mean that you're not scared. It just means that you still do it anyway. You know, one of the things that I do, which is so funny, is before I go into just big meetings with investors, I will listen to like the most pump up, just like amazing women, Doja Cat and Lizzo and Beyonce, like, yes, I can do this. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pumping yourself up. But I think this idea that you have to feel confident all the time is something that is just not true. Mm -hmm. I think it just means trying. And that to me is what confidence is, is just trying your best and showing up. At the end of the day, that's all we all can do. So do I still have imposter syndrome? For sure. I feel it every moment of every day. But I think the thing that I want to build into the world feels more important to me than like how scared I am. So (laughs) I just go out there and try my best and um, yeah, just go in with really good intentions. Yeah. That's amazing advice. (laughs) Being brave doesn't mean that you're not scared. And I think that definitely relates to many of us here who are navigating the tech space, the STEM space, and are just trying to you know, dip our foot in the water and explore our passions. But, you know, navigating that imposter syndrome is real and recognizing that this is a common issue, but also that it's okay to be scared is really important. So what is the biggest piece of advice you have for someone starting out on their entrepreneurship journey? Okay, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say two. The first one I've already said, which is having a really strong why. Entrepreneurship is ups and downs, it's hard, it's scary. There's all of those things, but those things matter less when you have something that you're saying, I care so much about this and improving women's financial lives. For me, I'm like, I don't have time to be scared. Like I am scared, but just got to go, you know, because this is so important. And I think the second piece that has kept me going is really betting on myself. Just having that confidence that like, I can do it. And there have been so many days where I'm like, this is really hard. I don't know if I can do this tomorrow. And I'll call my mom and she'll say, I feel so much more empowered in my finances because of what you're doing. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going then. And so I think, you know, on your good days, really bet on yourself. And on those hard days, just make sure you have an amazing, you know, group of people around you to support you. That's incredible. So, Brenda, we have a few fun lightning round questions for you. Are you ready, Brenda? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, great. The first one is, who is your favorite STEMinist hero? I love Katherine Johnson, who did all of the math behind the the moon landing. I think she's amazing. What's your go-to song? I love Woman by Doja Cat. (laughs) (laughs) So that's also one of my favorite go-to songs to feel empowered. Amazing. And what's your favorite self-care hobby? 
every Friday I go to a hip hop class and it just, oh, I love that the most, just like feminist music. It's so fun. I love to dance as well. Dancing is me too. There's nothing like the, the fire that you feel in your soul when you dance. Yeah. It's so fun. Our audience have some insightful questions for you that we would love to spotlight. So our first question is from Tay, who asks, what is the best piece of advice you would give to someone wanting to create a startup? Start with the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Say, I think this is a problem. Bonus points if you've had that problem yourself and find a bunch of other people who've had that problem and talk to them about what they're doing to solve it run some ideas past them and just make sure you're talking to as many people as possible. Yeah. Zelen asks, how difficult was it to transition from working for a company to starting your own, especially in areas Mm -hmm. such as funding and making your own company structure? You know, at big companies, you can't really fail. You're going to have your manager and there's the CEO. And, And for example, when I was working at Visa, there was not really anything that I could do to tank the company. It was just not possible. And I think what is both thrilling, but also scary is at a startup, whatever you do could make a huge difference and it could make your company really successful or like, you know, you have that downside as well. But I think having the potential for that upside is so exciting. At first that was scary to me. And now I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Like I could do something really, really big in the world. Yeah. Azalea asks, how did you find your investors? Okay, this is a fun story. And I want to tell this to the group because if there's ever a time that you're like, should I or should I not? I hope you have my voice in your head. It's like, I should. So I started Sequin during an MBA summer internship. And I was in the restroom washing my hands next to one of my coworkers for the summer. And we were just making small talk. And she said, you know, how's your internship going? I said, it's going well. However, I just can't stop thinking about the fact that women need better financial services. And she was like, whoa, tell me more. And so we're walking, walking. And I told her a little bit more. And she said, I just love this idea. I think it's really important. And do you want to pitch this idea to the investment committee at my internship? And that was a moment I was like, should I, or should I not? I don't feel prepared, but I was like, yeah, I just said, yeah. And that moment changed my whole life. And so I pitched to the investment committee. They gave me a little bit of money because I had a little bit that they had given me. I could go out and ask some other folks that I was connected to. And because someone had already invested, that makes it a bit easier for other people to want to invest too. But yeah, that initial seed was just me talking about the thing I was really passionate about to anyone who would listen and then yeah. it, you know turned into this thing. It's incredible. So is it better to have a credit card or a debit card first? So it's really important to start Mm -hmm. building credit as early as possible because your length of credit is something that you can't really change, right? And what happens, Mm -hmm. you know, when you go to apply for credit, they look at your length of credit and then sometimes it's a bit too late. So it's really important to start building credit. It's equally as important to have financial tools that are in your own name, just for financial independence and making sure right, absolutely. you 
are in control of your finances and you understand. So whatever feels comfortable to you, I just Mm -hmm. think the most important thing is making sure that's in your own name and that you have control over it. I love how you really empower the decision up to the user. Yeah. Our next question is from Hamdi Ali and they ask, do you have advice for college and exploring different career paths? This is fun. So I went to UCLA for undergrad and I changed my major 13 times. I got into college thinking I would be a doctor and then very quickly realized that wasn't going to be the right path for me. And so I just explored as much as possible. And I joined a bunch of different clubs ranging from the business club to community service clubs. I did a bunch of internships, but yeah, just explore and don't be afraid to change. And one thing I will add is the engineers on my team, they actually had totally different majors and they did coding boot camps. So they actually study computer science in undergrad and were able to make that change. So Frederica asks, what advice do you have for people interested in learning more about finance, such as books, videos, articles, any of your favorites? Personally, I really love our Sequin University. It has kind of vocab 101. And then we have a bunch Mm -hmm. of different sessions around just the basics, right? So we go 101, 201, 301, kind of like a college class and there's Mm -hmm. videos and it's interactive. And so I think that's a really great place to start. I love her first hundred K. I love Tori. I think she's awesome. Their founder, they have amazing content on social. So they're huge on TikTok. Mm -hmm. The content is not only great, but it's also very entertaining. And I think that makes everything a lot more approachable too. Yeah. Our next question is from Mena, who asks, what was the biggest problem you encountered while being a CEO and how did you overcome it? It's like, it's hard to choose. (laughs) Um, So one of the huge challenges with a fintech startup is there's a lot of rules and regulations around what you can and can't do. And unfortunately, a lot of those regulations benefit big banks and not small startups that are trying to actually do something good in the world. Mm. Um, And so navigating all of that is really challenging. And there's so many twists and turns. And I think one thing that I'm really grateful for is having my background at Visa because I was actually writing the rules for all Visa cards. That was part of my job as a PM. Yeah. And so we have Megana that asks, how did you start with getting money for your company? Was it all from investors? One of the people who ultimately ended up investing, when I went to her, I said, hey, you know, I'm looking to raise some money for the startup that I think is really important. And she said, don't you have friends and family that can put in money? And ultimately, I think she ended up investing because I said this. I said, hey, I'm a first-generation immigrant. I don't have wealthy friends and family. That's why I'm coming to you. And I hope that by you investing in something like this, maybe there will be more people that look like me who will be able to invest in companies like this in the future. And she said, okay, yes, that makes so much sense. And then she ended up investing in the company. So just being yourself and being honest, and there's no shame in that, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I think someone else might be like, I wish I had wealthy friends and family. And that means I can start a startup, but you don't need that. You just need a lot of heart and a really important problem and the will to go after it and you'll figure it out. Brenda, thank you so much again for your time to join us today. It has been truly a pleasure to meet you. 
and have you share your entrepreneurship journey with us. And honestly, I feel really empowered about credit and financial freedom Yay. right now. <laughs> yeah, totally same here. Good luck, everyone. Best of luck. Bye. That was Vrinda Gupta, co-founder and CEO of Sequin. You can follow her on Instagram at vrinda.gupta. That's V-R-I-N-D-A dot G-U-P-T-A. Thanks for listening to Tech Setters. I'm Maria Hearn. And I'm Itasha Donthi. Tech Setters is a Code with Classy podcast powered by If Then. If we can empower a woman in STEM, then she can change the world. The show is produced by the Code with Classy team, Emily Shaw, Truk Wen, and Regina Dahir, and mixed by Jason Mack. See you next time.